Bob Berg is a Hall of Fame keynote speaker and best-selling co-author of the Go-Giver and Go-Giver book series. A Go-Giver is a person who has learned that shifting their focus from giving to getting is not only a nice way to live life, but a financially profitable way as well. In this episode, Bob and I will explore the idea of building a business offering on the idea of giving first and building the hero factor as a lifelong relationship builder. Stay tuned after this main dish to learn how you could win a free signed copy of Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver. F1 for Help offers a variety of computer support services, including on-site and remote support using a variety of tools. Stay tuned for more information. Welcome to another episode of the Business Buffet Ingredients, where we ask the experts questions that serve up a business and life-growing feast. Pull up a chair and get ready to eat hearty in business because the Business Buffet is now open. Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, itself has sold over 950,000 copies, and it has been translated into 28 languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series is the Go-Giver Influencer. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is also an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. With so many businesses struggling with state-imposed shutdowns and social distancing, how do the five laws of success fare in a pandemic-driven world? Well, I mean, I, I think like anything else, we've got to to understand that first we we deal with truth, and and you know I always say successful people tend to deal in truth. No, not even tend to. They deal in truth. They acknowledge them. They understand them. They they figure out what the inherent challenges and problems are. And they, they grasp them, but then they live in the solution. So in other words, they don't focus on the problem. They understand them. They don't focus on them, though. They focus on the solution. So the question then becomes, so what can I do? In, in a um, situation right now where there are a lot of areas where we don't have a choice, where do we have a choice? And, and how do we roll with that? So if we look at the, um, you know, the, the laws from the go-giver, the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity, we look at value as first and foremost because that's foundational. It's where it all begins. So how do we bring value to others right now? Well, it, it depends. And, and people will say, well, can we, can we be selling right now? Well, it depends what you sell. Right. I mean, if it's something that directly people need and, and want, well, of course you can. Um, if it's something that they don't right now, then first of all, it's just not going to do you any good to try and, and, and directly sell and could even be looked at as inappropriate in that regard. Uh, example, uh, uh, 
my supermarket where I go a couple of times a week to pick up supplies. I'm really glad they're selling. Uh, you know, I'm not expecting the food for free. I want to pay for it like I always would. I'm just glad they're open. The uh, pet specialty shop where I get store where I get uh, little Calvin's uh, cat food. I'm glad they're open. I thank them more than they thank me because I'm so glad they're open and that they're they're selling. By the same token, I, I was speaking with a neighbor of, of mine, and he was kind of discouraged that there wasn't really anything he could do right now. He sells a, a product that just is not something that right now is going to be top of mind or it really even something that is that is legitimately going to be looked at as, as something of value right now to them. And he says, you know, what can I do? He says, it's not like I can prospect at all. They're, they don't want to hear from a, a salesperson right now. And I said, well, they may not want to hear from you about your product itself, but what, but, you know, I'm assuming that they right now have their own issues in terms of trying to figure out what the future holds for them and what they're going to do and how they're going to sell their product. He said, oh yeah, absolutely. That's why they don't want to hear from me. I said, well, do you think they might want to hear from you if you had some information for them that was going to actually really help them in their business, provide value to them? in a way that they recognize as value. And he said, well, I suppose, sure, uh, but what could I do in that regard? And I told him about a, a, a uh, uh, another speaker and author whose name is Dan Burris, who for over 30 years has been one of the world's foremost business forecasters. We used to call them futurists, but you know, trends. They, 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 uh, they understand and they're, they're wonderful at forecasting trends. Dan's one of the best in the world. And I told him about Dan's... Uh, this ongoing uh, uh, Zoom series he has where he's really just showing what's going to be happening in the world as far as, you know, as far as Dan is concerned, which tends to be very accurate. And uh, I said, do you think that they'd want to know about that? He said, oh, yeah, definitely. I said, well, you know what? Get on the phone with them and and uh, let them know about it and let them know that you're going to email them the information and, you know, so forth and so on. Well, he was totally excited about that, and they were excited to hear from him. And now he's, you know, he's now kind of on a thing where he's just looking for ways to bring value to them, even through third parties. Well, you know, when it when things get either back to normal or forward to the new normal or whatever it happens to be, you know, he's going to be their person. They think of him as more than just some vendor now or some salesperson. They think of him as a resource who cared about them, even when. Uh, there was nothing directly to sell. Does that make sense? It totally does. Back in the 70s, Zid Ziegler had a presentation. He talked about uh, helping your customers and letting them see the value of you as a human being. And, yeah. you know, when I when I heard that presentation the first time, I, I, I have to use uh, associated phrases to commit things to memory. So I, I called that one the hero factor. And my, uh, my business operates on the hero factor. And the go-giver, when I read your book the first time, it, it sung with me, literally sung, because it, it is Zid Ziglar's basic hero factor concept turned on its ear. It, you provide value. In fact, your measure is what you give over what you receive. Um, you know, being a, a founded Christian that I am, the, the idea of giving is very firm in my family's belief system. So the idea of you, the individual that you're referencing 
giving value, he's going to be memorable. It's the greatest marketing approach that one could do for their business. So it totally resonates with me. Oh, I'm so glad to know that. Thank you. Well, along those lines, bringing us back to the entrepreneurial spirit, because you've talked about um, giving value, being altruistic in form, doesn't mean to be a doormat. I think you even did a video on that. Um, (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So, you know, so it's not an idea that you're, you're going to put yourself out there to just be used, used and abused. Right. This, this is, it, it's a mindset that makes you top of mind and it allows you to bring value in a totally new way. So how could the entrepreneur committed to service above self, bringing that Rotarian in me out, utilize uh, the uh, go-giver principles to diversify business offerings? Well, again, I think that would, would have to do with, with what your line of work is, what one does as an entrepreneur. So, um, you know, whether it's the, whether it's the uh, manufacturer who switches from doing this to, you know, uh, making masks, you know, or, or something else that helps another uh, a sector that they can, um, that they can do or, or changes their factory around from producing this to producing something else that's going to be more marketable uh at least you know even for the short term that's something they could do it might be that where um uh, you know i mean in my case it might be rather than doing a a live course i'm offering a, a live in uh in person course that means i'm offering live uh zoom courses or something you know i mean so it, it really just depends i think the big thing though is to ask the question as you are doing and that is to say to yourself or ask yourself, ask your team, discuss with your team, you know, again, depending upon your situation, what can we do? How can we call a little bit of an audible right here and go from, from what we're doing right now to, to offering what we offer in a different way, which, I, you know, by that very definition is, is diversifying. So, uh, again, I mean, I, I think it just, it just comes to, to really thinking. What is it that our market needs, wants, and desires right now? And what are we in a position to give them in that regard? Now, in your book, for the the law of compensation, I believe, was what Nicole was referenced to when she, uh-huh. when she had the, um, uh, the, the children's learning conference system, room, yeah. Yeah, the learning center. Uh-huh. Um, it, it wasn't clear in the book if that was the original intent or because she went right away to the software. But the idea of creating this environment where business people let go of their uh, social inhibitions that the business class or the business world brings to us, was that an evolutionary process or was that something that just came about, understanding that this is fiction? But from the standpoint of if Nicole really existed, and I'm going to ask you that question in just a minute, if Nicole really existed and she was stepping into this, would the end result that was presented in the book have been what she started with or what would it have been that she began that then morphed into what it became? Yeah. So for those who haven't read the book, Nicole was a school teacher who loved what she did, but she was very frustrated with a few things. One, the bureaucracy uh, of a public school system. Um, uh, the, you know, the parents loved her, the children loved her. She was also frustrated with her, uh, the pay. I mean, she just didn't make enough money to really be able to do the things she wanted to do. So, so what she started doing was to, 
to leverage her the value that she provided by creating a software program that that children could do at home and uh, as an ancillary part of their education. And it really grew and grew and grew and turned into, you know, learning system for children. And, and it was a big, now this would be made for her. I mean, in this market right now, they would probably grow naturally, right? Because it's, exactly. it's something that people could, could do at home. So while that wasn't her, uh, her thought that there'd be a pandemic, you know, certainly <laughs> uh, it, it's something where, where that would actually, it would be one of those businesses like Zoom that, you know, are, are thriving because of that. So Nicole was actually based on a, a person that was actually a woman by the name of Annette, who I used to date many years ago. And Annette was a school teacher who, again, was frustrated with basically the same thing. I mean, the kids loved her. The parents loved her. She loved the kids and parents. She was frustrated by the bureaucracy and with the money she, she was earning. And so what she did is she started tutoring on the side. And she set up a, a tutoring business, and it was just, a, just her. But it grew so quickly, she had to then hire other tutors. And it grew so quickly, she had to continue to hire other tutors. And pretty soon, she wasn't tutoring. She was just the just leading the company. And it was a, I mean, it, it probably wasn't as big as, as uh, Nicole's in the story, but um, but it was pretty big, and she, you know, lived a, a, made a great living from it. And um, so that was the um, inspiration for Nicole, because again, it was someone who created great value, but they weren't able to touch as many lives doing what they were originally doing. It was only when she leveraged her value and expanded her reach, which is what law number two is all about, the law of compensation, that she was able to then make a really, really healthy living. Well, and I think, Nicole, was one of the strongest lessons from your book for me personally, because it, it was the idea of going from something that she worked very hard to become, the, the school teacher. It's not an easy process. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right. I have a certificate in teaching. I taught at the community college level, and I was thoroughly disappointed with the whole experience. And I worked hard to get there. But I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing something completely different and it was the experience that evolved into who I am. And the reason I'm doing today's episode, because I believe that necessity is the mother of invention. And I see this pandemic as a great opportunity for small business. I, I look at it from the positive side. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So along the lines of the inspiration behind your characters, which character are you? Which one do you personally identify with in your book? Uh, well, I think there were two of them. Uh, I, I, Joe, who was the, the main character, he was the protege, um, and the protagonist, <laughs> both. I think we've all been Joe. Joe is the every man and every woman. We've all been Joe or Josephine, right? We've all been at a place where we were, you know, we had the potential. We had maybe the right idea. We were working hard. We were trying to grow. And yet we were really, really frustrated because things were not coming together and we didn't know what the problem was. And typically the problem tended to be us, (laughs) ourselves, at least in my case. So, so I think we're, you know, I could relate to Joe in that regard. Uh, Gus was probably the character that, that I'm most like in terms of being a connector. That's, you know, sort of my, my thing. And um, so that, that was a a special affection for, uh, for the Gus's character, I guess. F1 for Help has a storefront for our walk-in clients. 
F1 for Help will come to you for the problems that can only be resolved at your residence or place of business. As long as your internet connection is working reasonably fast and with your permission, F1 for Help has remote control utilities that allow us to connect to your computer and work on it from our office, and sometimes a quick peek is all it takes to get you back up and running. For more information or to get started, visit our website at www.f1forhelp.net or give us a call at 208-687-0183. Now, you and, and Mr. Mann, John Mann, wrote this book together. Uh, how did the two of you get connected? Well, John was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for. And um, you know how there's many editors who, they do a great job. They're, they're fantastic. But they sort of just, you know, will take your stuff and they'll cut it. They're, they're busy. They have a lot to, of, of articles to edit. They'll just cut it up, cut it out. Sometimes leave your best stuff on the editing room, floor, the cutting room floor or whatever. And you kind of see an article that appears and maybe it, it left something out that you know, really important to you in, in terms of context. But John never did that. John would let me know exactly what he was doing. He'd email me back with the thing. He'd say, I'm, you know, I'm cutting this here. If that's okay. And, I'm doing, you know, he's always so polite, so nice. But it was always brilliant what he did. And, and the joke, you know, the running joke was when John would say, is this okay? I'd write him back and say, not only is it, is it okay, you write my stuff better than I write my stuff. <laughs> and so at the time, few people outside of that specific niche knew about John and his, his brilliance in terms of writing. Uh, he had ghostwritten a couple of, of books that were very big in certain niches. And so not many people know, now, a lot of people know about him because he's the editor, the um, uh, co-author or ghostwriter of tons of, of uh, great books that, that have been very big sellers. But back then, few people knew of his brilliance. Fortunately, I was one of them who did. So when I came up with the idea for the book, um, I asked John, and when I say asked, I mean pleaded with John to be the uh, the uh, co-author and really lead writer and storyteller. I mean, anything about this book that really sings in terms of the you know the story, that's John. It's uh, not me. I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. So it was a really good collaboration, and I was very grateful to have the opportunity to, to uh, co-author it with him. Well, without giving away the farm, is there another book in the Go-Giver series coming out soon? Well, we have, you know, we have four right now. So we have the, the Go-Giver, then we have the follow-up, uh, Go-Givers Sell More, which was the only one not a parable. It was more of, a, of an application guide to the Go-Giver. Uh, but then we had the second parable in the series, the Go-Giver Leader. And then we had the third parable, uh, which came out a couple of years ago, called the Go-Giver Influencer. So, uh, you know, we've got those four right now, and who knows what the future will hold. Yeah, maybe a pandemic-driven go-giver type uh, topic. <laughs> so, so last question, and let me let me just say first, I really thank you for taking the time uh, to to interview with me and share your thoughts with my listeners. Oh, my pleasure, my honor. There are nine books that my wife and I read every year for motivation. The Go Giver is on that list, and I'm not just saying that. It it really it's next to wow. my desk. It's on my list. I, we read it every single year. What books are on your annual reading list and why? Uh, it's funny. There used to be books I would read every year. Um, but because I just read so many books, what I do now is I just kind of continually go back to books and just read passages from them quite often. And so 
um, you know, books like uh, Harry Brown's The Secret of Selling Anything, which is really a book on understanding and honoring uh, um, human nature. Uh, you know, that's one of those I just keep going back to again and again, just to take bites out of it and just, you know, to, take, to, to read certain passages. Uh, books like The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey is one that I'll 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 dip into from time to time. Uh, Ray Dalio's work Principles is one that I I will go back to. Um, I'm on my second read through of it, but I I will go back to that from time to time. Uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the others. The 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 Science of Getting Rich by Wallace C. Waddles and and um, the Master Key System by uh, Hanel and uh, there's just a whole bunch of them. I'm, I'm right now, as we're talking, I'm looking at my library and just looking at some of the books I find myself going back to. You know, so off the course, how to win friends and influence people, and 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 books like Think and Grow Rich. You pick up a, and just read a passage or a chapter from them, and it's 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 such a great thing to do. But I, I love what you do too, and I you do too, and I used to do that same thing where I'd go back to certain books and just reread them, and uh, and and that's also a great thing. Well, yeah, a lot of the Spencer Johnson books, um, you know, Fish Tales is another one oh, yeah. where they're fast reads. Like, you know, The Go-Giver, yeah. um, you know, I reread yeah. in advance of our interview today, but that's like the ninth time that I've reread it. Um, Thank yeah, you. It t- took me a, a couple of hours. It's just not that big a read. But the inspiration that we get, I used to go to motivational sessions. We had a a program in Portland, Oregon, where my wife and I moved to in 2004, called the High Performers Series. And what it was is it, was, it really cost a lot of money. It was, a, it was a big expense for a startup business like mine, but it, they had motivational speakers that came in uh, once every month, every other month. So I got a chance to break away from the office, sit in to a great presentation, and get my batteries recharged. Yeah. And then that program went away. And it was right about then that I found Spencer Johnson, the present and who moved my cheese. Uh, and, yeah. And your book was right next to him. So I, I, picked, yeah. I picked up all three and I bought them at the same time and, and read through them. And, and uh, they have become the replacement of that high performers international. And, wow. And when I was watching your videos in advance of this, I noticed the videos that you recorded a year or so ago, you, your library behind you. And I noticed in all of your books, you had little markers. And I assumed those were inspirational points um, that you go back to and you refer to again and again. They are. And, and depending upon the book, of course, they may not even be inspirational. They may be informational. You know, something that I need to be able to, to locate some how-to information or a certain point that I just felt was you know, was spectacular. So it just depends on the type of book. But yeah, when it's a, when it's a book like that, when it's a, a parable or, or something such as you're describing, yes, it's, it's typically something I found great inspiration in. And I put the yellow stickies on the page just to make sure I, that they uh, don't get lost. <laughs> now, you have a training series as well. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about that? Well, we have a couple different things because we have a certified go-giver speaker program where people who are wanting to be professional speakers and who especially been touched by, you know, the message in the go-giver and want to use that in their teaching. Uh, you know, we, we have that, that's a licensing program. We, we work very um, uh, closely with them. 
We also have uh, in-person events, which, of course, we don't have now, but <laughs> hopefully we'll, we'll again. But those are called Endless Referrals, the Go-Giver Way. And that's a two-day uh, workshop that we hold in South Florida. And uh, those are pretty intense. We limit it to about 30 people so that we can get very deep into people's business and, and uh, really provide them with an action plan for taking their business to a, a new level. And then we'll also very soon be coming out with a uh, online course called uh, Endless Referrals, The Go-Giver Way. And that will be, I think it's uh, nine hours of uh, really how-to information on building your, your business. Wow. Excellent. Well, Bob, thank you, thank you so much for taking this time. It, it has been a, a true pleasure to talk to you on the phone. Um, I know my listeners are going to gain a ton of information from what you shared today. And um, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you. You truly are a go-giver. Oh, thank you. And likewise, and I appreciate you very much. Thank you. This episode was sponsored in part by Virtual Web Department, the virtual marketing department for small business. Rather than having to hire a full-time or even part-time employee, partnering with Virtual Web Department gives your business the expertise you need to advance at a fraction of the cost of hiring an employee. Visit Virtual Web Department at virtualwebdepartment.com. Virtual Web Department, we're creative, we're passionate, we're the solution. Forward listeners of the Business Buffet will each receive a free signed copy of The Go-Giver. Visit businessbuffet.page forward slash go-giver and complete the entry form. On Friday, Phil and I will randomly pick four winners and ship them each a signed copy of Bob's most excellent book, The Go-Giver. Thank you for listening to the Business Buffet Ingredients. We hope we tempted your business taste buds with something sweet. Please share this podcast with your friends and show that you are the smartest person in the room. Visit businessbuffet.page and sample all the flavors of the Business Buffet. We hope you eat hearty in business.